0: takes two days and miracles take three where
1: you've got so many different departments and divisions shaping
2: investors expectations
3: Good morning and welcome to Money for Nothing with me Renita Malhotra Hora. Greece has just hours to save its place in the euro. The Chinese government's latest support measures have failed to stem the rout in mainland markets and oil fell 8%, the most in 5 months on growing concerns over economic stability in Europe and Asia. The Chinese government has shown increasing concern about the market sell-off and has taken various actions to intervene. The Shanghai Index responded with a 2.4% gain on Monday, but still anxiety is high. More on the markets this morning with GEO Securities' Francis Lun. Then Rafferty Capital Markets' Richard Beauvais tells us about peer-to-peer lending as an alternative method of financing. And finally, we talk Greece with the EU office to Hong Kong and Macau's head, Vincent Pickett. Connie Bolland is guest host today. Good morning, Connie. Good morning, Renita. Connie, some analysts are beginning to compare the route in Chinese stocks to Wall Street's crash of 1929 <laughs> because uh, China's government is purportedly using the same tactics as Wall Street did back then to try and prop up the markets. Do you think we are headed for a Great Depression in China? I think it's early days.
0: Um, China's stock markets. Basically, it's still emerging, and it's not like a mature market, and there are lots of uh, uh, trial and error runs there. Uh, You you can see that a lot of um, uh, sort of short-term mentality among the punters in China, and 90% are retail investors, so it's not institutional or completely rational.
3: The Bloomberg China U.S. equity index sank 5% yesterday, the steepest drop since September 2011. And Internet companies, including Weibo, Shunlei, and Changyao, tumbled more than 12%. The biggest U.S. ETF tra- tracking mainland stocks uh, slumped 2.5%. And most uh, other stocks uh, on the Shanghai Composite slumped, even though the index itself was up 2.4%. Well, why did the government intervention then not change the market route? Here's Silvercrest Chief Strategist Patrick Chovanec.
2: Well, China really needs to go under- undergo a thorough uh, transformation of its economy away from a growth model that 's focused on exports and investment and in many cases over investment that creates bad debt to one that 's driven by a consumer economy. The problem is actually that pumping up the stock market uh, may have the in an unsustainable way may have the opposite effect of offloading losses onto the household sector I mean I think they 're playing a very risky game here uh, because these valuations went so high uh, just, just just uh... The Shanghai and Shenzhen stock markets. If you look at the meat and you look at the mean, the average uh, PE ratio, that's not so telling. The median PE ratio was up around 85 times at its peak. Uh, that and 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 it's just not sustainable to try to keep valuations that high. Right now, they're intervening. They're buying actively buying, and they're offering margin loans for people who want to buy and telling people to buy. But there are a lot of people right now who don't see the market going up and they want to get out. They want to sell to the government and get out. And that's why on Monday uh, we, they, they intervened, but it didn't really have the desired result.
3: But as Connie said, China's investors are known to be largely retail rather than institutional investors. So how does the route affect them? Here's PRC Macro Advisors co-CEO William Hess.
4: Well, I think that that's the running story, but I think if you look at the overall control and influence of state-owned investors, whether it's uh, the percentage that's not free-floating, if you look at the percentage that's actually managed indir- indirectly by, by SOEs, uh, the, the retail story is actually much smaller. So I guess the question with this bailout is who wins and who loses. And so the first priority is to save the state-owned interests. And so Absolutely. If, you, if you look at what's happening to, to small caps at the, any at the of the tech boards, they're getting hammered. And so uh, when, this, when all is said and done, what is real damage to the prospect for the real economy if you're just bailing out? The the past, uh, that this was supposed to be about creating new financing channels for the future. And so that's being interrupted by all.
3: So let's bring in Francis Lun, who is our first guest this morning. Francis is Hi, the good CEO morning. of GEO Securities. Good morning, Francis. Good morning. How do you explain the rise in the Shanghai composite <laughs> when there's this general route in
5: stocks? Well... Uh, The government's action really failed to restore confidence in the average investors. Everybody still wants to get out of the stock. I think the government really need to do much more. And uh, of course, I agree. Many of the commentators it's wrong for the government to intervene so actively in the market. The market fell because it's overvalued. Very simple. And the smart money are, t- are taking the profit and run away from it. And uh, you you cannot prevent profit taking. This is profit taking, and it's best. So I think it is good for the market to uh, retreat, like for consolidate about twenty to. 30 Thirty percent, because the valuations are unsustainable. But of course, the government uh, uh, is used to a command economy. They want to be in control of everything. So you get this result where the uh, actually the blue chips actually rose, but general market sentiment is down.
3: So did you say that the government actually needs to
5: do more? Well, uh, they say they have 1.7 trillion at its disposal. But yesterday, we, we did not see 1.7 trillion uh, yuan. So they have to put the money in the market before we see any results.
3: Yeah, you know, the sheer breadth of uh, authorities' response underlines, however, the contradiction in Chinese policy. Yeah. I mean, stock markets rise and fall, right? Yeah, that's so right. So why have a market if you're
5: only willing to let prices go up? Yeah, that, that is wrong because you create unsustainable, unsustainable expectation. Uh, like in May, they said every day do, those uh, Chinese investors, Dama, make, uh, 160,000 yuan every day. And every, every month, in Guangdong they create a billionaire and 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 everybody's uh, s- uh, mortgaging their house uh, to 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 gamble in the stock market mm. that is very dangerous
0: it is dangerous <laughs> francis do now, you think they should step back the government instead of letting instead <laughs> of intervening they should just let the market do its uh, trade well
5: it is very difficult for a centralized government to do it because uh, they don't want to lose the popularity of a rising stock market So you 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 have this case of uh, the government catering to the wishes of the people and, and basically doing the wrong thing.
3: So, Francis, I think that you just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, a fall in stocks. I mean, this fear of equity correction. Is yeah. this about
5: preserving the Communist Party rule? Definitely. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and the Communist rule, everything is rosy. Hey, they, are, they are living in heaven.
3: So, you know, the evaporation of all of those fortunes, 80 million individual investors, <laughs> which, of course, is a constituency far larger than the size right, of the Communist Party. Yeah, that's right. What kind of social problems would this pose for the country?
5: Well, first of all, you have suicides every day. <laughs> Everybody blames it on, on the stock market. Then you have people demonstrating that's what they don't want to see. And and, and then you have the playing game. And who is to blame? Of course, finally, it's the government Is that's to blame.
3: Connie, what do you think? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm just
0: thinking, you know, the comments that you're making just now. Um, and, and as China is now trying to open up to the world and internationalizing its currency, uh, liberalizing its markets. Foreigners they would they not be scared by that sort of uh, um, uh, control, uh, sort of thoughts that um, you never quite know whether your money in the market will suddenly sort of go up yeah, or down?
5: Yeah, we experience uh, like four crashes in our lifetime, so this is uh, really a, just a piece of cake. We use we are used to it. So we are, we are not going to the IFC and then start jumping off the cliff.
3: Francis how Hong of Bocom International said to Bloomberg that systemic risk is a danger that must be dealt with now. Can you yep. tell us, you know, about uh, what the systemic risk is?
5: Well, the systemic risk is really margin lending. What they have is 2 trillion yuan in the, within the market, margin lending by the brokers. And then 2 trillion yen off the market from those uh, financial companies from peer to peer and whatever and so you have 4 trillion yen of money funding the bubble Mm. And then when it crashes and then everybody loses.
3: So what would you say uh, is the biggest difference between this equity boom-bust and the last equity boom-bust uh, that happened in 2007?
5: Well, of course, margin lending is the big is the big difference. In 2007, you don't have margin lending. Right now, margin lending is uh, legalized and then you have this 4 trillion yuan driving up the market. So the government, I think, Probably need four trillion yuan to really buy up the market,
3: (laughs) but it's more than that. I mean, isn't it? I mean, back then you didn't have debt at two hundred and eighty percent of GDP. You didn't have economic growth on a downward trend, or Mm -hmm. industrial deflation, or even uh, the overinflated property market. Is 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 one of the problems? Is the problem perhaps that China is just more vulnerable this time around?
5: Well, the economy is, is on a downward spiral, but it, it is not over leveraged. It's very far from Greece or, or, or even Italy or Spain. So that's really uh, 7% growth is very acceptable. Even 5% is very acceptable. So we, are, we, don't worry, we don't have to worry about the economy. You don't have huge unemployment and all that. Uh, uh, and there's really no major problem in the economy. But the problem right right now is really the stock market bubble.
0: Yeah, so the stock market is actually not such a big part of the economy either, is it? Uh, uh,
5: no, not really. You only have 80 million stock punters uh, in the, in Hong Kong. You have how many? Maybe 2 million? So uh, in percentages, is much, much higher. So you don't have a situation where everybody is in the stock market in China.
3: Okay, Francis, in 20 seconds or less, quick tip for investors. What should they be doing?
5: <laughs> right now, you should short the market, sell the index. <laughs>
3: sell the index. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> All right, Francis, thank you so much for joining You're us welcome. this morning. That's Francis Lun, and he is the CEO of GEO Securities. Well, with lending uh, becoming increasingly difficult, how will companies expand and maintain growth? Our next guest joins us from the U.S. to tell us about peer-to-peer lending, which could be an alternative to banks. Let's bring in Rafferty Capital Markets equity research analyst Richard Beauvais. Good morning, Richard. Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us again on Money for Nothing. Uh, Richard, you weren't uh, particularly fond of the lending club last year when they had their IPO. Uh, what makes you change your tone about another lending company uh, called Orchard Platform Advisors?
1: Well, it's, it's, in a it's in a different business in a sense uh, in that Orchard is a, uh, if you will, money manager. What, what, what you would do, for example, if you were a... Uh, Let's assume you're an insurance company, and you call up Orchard and you say to Orchard, I want you to lend uh, $20 million a week for me into this, if you will, peer-to-peer market, and what Orchard would then do is it would lend that money across... Three or four different companies, and across, you know, a variety of different qualities in terms of the loans that it would buy, and it would say to the insurance company, "You tell me the yield you want, and we will we will create, if you will, a matrix to get you that yield by lending in this fashion." So, Orchard takes no risk whatsoever, and it simply makes a fee as a result of its activities.
3: Why do you see uh, peer-to-peer lending as such a viable alternative to banks?
1: Well, it's because regulation has prevented banks from entering uh, a whole series of segments in the consumer financial sector. In other words, you know, it is just too costly for banks to lend money uh, below, we'll say, $35,000, which is the primary market for these peer-to-peer companies. Uh, there's capital requirements in addition to which the quality of the loans are much weaker uh, and, and, and the bank has to use a labor-intensive underwriting process, whereas these peer-to-peer companies use the same techniques as a credit card company does in terms of uh, you know, approving someone for a loan.
3: So what are the risks, if uh, any?
1: They're huge. The, okay. The risks are huge. Us. because Because you're basically lending money to people who, uh, in most cases, don't qualify for bank loans, uh, don't have credit card loans that they can afford, and therefore they're moving to a Lending Club, or uh, Prosper, or SoFi, or one of these, uh, you know, comp- Avanti, one of these companies that basically will make money available to you, and, and there's therefore a negative selectivity underway. In addition, you, you, you're, you're basing your money cost, in other words, the average cost of these loans is 13 Mm -hmm. percent, you know, you're basing your money cost on the theory that the poorest people in the country can pay the highest rates for money. And and we know that doesn't work, right? We've seen it with the money store and, and Mercury Finance and any number of companies, beneficial household, you know, first plus Financial you know just you know there's a company called on deck capital which is in this sector and the average the average yield on an on deck loan is 50% 50% that, that's unbelievable no bank in the united states could ever get away with charging you know half or a third that rate
3: yeah. Is there a process that they use to actually vet, uh, you know, the profiles of the people that they're going to lend to? How, how can they ensure, you know, that they're actually good for their money?
1: Well, they use exactly the same processes as the data, as the credit card companies do. They, they basically go out and, you know, gather information from a number of public sites. They've built up their own, if you will, database based upon the loans that they've made or have turned down. And, and they use a series of algorithms to make a decision as to whether the person is, uh, you know, qualified to, to borrow the money or not. But, but again, you know, you still deal. Dealing with the bottom line concept that you're lending money to companies that, I'm sorry, to individuals that are having difficulty making payments in other sectors. Um, now, there actually today is a rumor on, on the New York Stock Exchange that one of these companies will be bought out by a big bank, but, um, you know, I don't want to spread the rumor, but, but, you know, we'll see whether that, in fact, uh, takes place.
3: All right, Richard, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Richard Beauvais, and he is an equity research analyst at Rafferty Capital Markets. Let's take a quick look at the numbers now. The Nikkei is up 1.16% this morning to 20,345. Australia's ASX 200 index also up 0.16% to 5,472. And Solskosby also up 0.64% to 2,067. In currencies, the euro is currently valued at 1.10 US dollars. The US dollar is trading at 122.67 yen and one pound sterling, buys you 12 Hong Kong dollars and nine cents and one US dollar and 55 cents. Well, Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras was given hours to come up with a plan to keep his country in the euro and stave off economic disaster, as citizens suffer under a second week of capital controls. Adding to the pressure, the European Central Bank made it tougher for Greek banks to access emergency loans. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said that time is running out and Euro region finance ministers gather for an emergency meeting later today. Cyprus has all but run out of chances to reach a deal with creditors who have insisted on tax hikes and spending cuts as the price for a new bailout of Europe's most indebted nation. Greece's economy is grinding to a halt, with bank closures extended through Wednesday to stem deposit withdrawals. So uh, after this overwhelming no vote from the greek majority to austerity measures what's next for greece let's bring in the eu office to hong kong and macau's head vincent Piquet. good morning Piquet. good morning vincent good morning vincent so what is next on the cards uh, there's a lot of speculation uh, euro area meetings are having uh, uh euro area leaders are having a meeting today what can we expect
4: well, in fact, today there are two meetings. There is the uh, meeting of the finance ministers of the Eurozone first, and uh, later on uh, in the uh, European evening, the, um, the heads of state of government uh, of the Eurozone. And and essentially, the, the goal of those meetings is to uh, hear from the Greek government uh, what course they pr- propose in the wake of the, the no vote uh, of the re- referendum. And uh, bear in mind that the the no vote was against a um, a uh, reform program that that no longer exists now, but that represented the 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 best offer that the uh, the eurozone countries could make uh, to to Greece together with IMF and the European Central Bank. And but uh, in in the face of the no. We will have to hear from Greece what they propose to do next.
3: Many analysts have said uh, already, though, that uh, even if the vote had been a yes vote, so regardless of whether it's yes or no, it's not going to make that much of a difference.
4: Well, uh, (laughs) we have to know. Let's look at the facts uh, that happened. Um, So, uh, indeed, uh, the the reform program uh, is a tremendous task uh, for any country to achieve. And uh, for Greece, uh, particularly now, of course, given the the very acute uh, uh, situation in the the financial sector in in, in Greece. And uh, so we are running up against a tremendous time pressure here. Uh, We have a a number of uh, important um, deadlines uh, uh, coming up in the in this month and the next and uh, for to meet those deadlines uh, Greece will have to secure new funding uh, from the international creditors. And that's the big negotiation we need to have now.
3: So Greek banks are just days away from running out of cash. Uh, The IMF has estimated that Greece needs 50 to $55 billion to stabilize its finances. But given that it is now in arrears, doesn't this mean that it can no longer borrow money from international organizations?
4: Well, the the IMF should speak for itself, but uh, I'm I'm told that uh, Christian Lagarde, the IMF, uh, uh, ch- chief executive uh, has uh, written to his board that um, Greece has no longer got access to uh, new funding, uh, new lending uh, from IMF in the wake of the uh, uh, the, the failure to, to meet its payment. Um, as to the EU um, and, um, and the ECB, of course, it comes back to the question of, of agreeing a a, a credible, a concrete and, and, and effective uh, re- reform pro- programme uh, that can be the basis of uh, of new funding uh, from the uh, from the European side
3: will the ECB continue to extend an emergency lifeline to Greece while all this is happening?
4: Well, last night, the uh, ECB board uh, decided to maintain the emergency lending facility for Greece, uh, indeed with a, an additional um, uh, conditionality regarding uh, higher uh, collateral that banks, uh, Greek banks will have to put up in order to access it so there is the, the willingness new l- lending from the ECB of course it's an ECB decision uh, but the bottom line is that the ECB will want to work in, in coherence with, uh, with the other uh, uh, lending institutions uh, on the basis of a, uh, a, a, com- a comprehensive reform program
0: um, Vincent? yeah um, may I ask uh, whether you know it has crossed the minds of the uh, EU leaders whether um, Greece may actually uh, leave the eurozone as if as it is the base case of some investment banks like JP Morgan and uh, Marques and also some some other banks have raised the odds of that happening and uh, if so would there be some kind of that pardon or haircuts, you know, in, 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 in the um, pipeline?
4: Well, the, the, the bottom line goal of the whole negotiation is, of course, uh, to keep Greece inside the Eurozone. That's the, the goal of Greece itself uh, and of the Greek people, uh, who are also very, have been very, very clear, consistently on that goal. Uh, the European Union leaders uh, equally, uh, we see Greece uh, part of the Eurozone. Uh, and uh, but, of course, the question is how do you do that, and how do you uh, make sure that uh, a membership uh, of Greece uh, meets the uh, the common the jointly accepted uh, rules for the eurozone, that the economic fundamentals are there, that the fiscal fundamentals are okay, and uh, so um, a uh, uh, an obligation uh, or of membership involves meeting those um, those conditions. So uh, the question has been aired, but uh, the the, uh, the answer to the question right now from the European side, as well as from Greece, is, is a very clear no, we don't want that to happen.
3: Vincent, will the EU and the ECB take measures to prevent a contagion?
4: Well, first of all, the, the, there is no contagion, and um, uh, the uh, uh, the stability of the eurozone is not at all in question. Uh, it's It's a coherent set. We're much stronger now than we were three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, other eurozone members are totally committed um, to the uh, course of action that uh, uh, that we have uh, chosen uh, over the past uh, couple of years and that we also hope uh, Greece will be able to uh, to comply with so uh, uh, we are quite uh, uh, firm that we can withstand this crisis uh, right now um, and we are as a matter of fact quite encouraged by the fact that the uh, the international markets have resen- uh, responded fairly. Uh, moderately to uh, to to what's happening, with very very mar- mar- marginal changes in fluctuations in the exchange rates and so on. So um, so we are quite upbeat that uh, the totality of the um, uh, the eurozone as well as the EU will will weather this this crisis and that we will continue to uh, expand on our growth because that's what we see happening. Growth is expanding in Europe. We have 1.3% uh, growth this year. And uh, 1.9% next year. So, and we want to make sure that that continues. And, of course, we want to make sure that Greece is part of that story.
3: All right. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Vincent Piquet, and he is the head of the EU office to Hong Kong and Macau. Let's take a quick look at the numbers now before we wrap up the show. Uh, The Nikkei is up 1.39% this morning to 20,392. Australia's ASX 200 index up 1.3% to 5,535. And Cosby up 0.28% to 2,059. Gold currently stands at $1,169.20 per ounce and Brent crude oil at $57.14. Well, Connie, here we are at the end of a Tuesday. Uh, We're waiting for this answer on Greece and we're waiting to see what happens or what continues to happen with Chinese stocks. What else should we have our eyes on?
0: Well, you know, China is releasing a a bunch of data uh, towards the end of the week, including inflation and money supply and uh, a couple of uh, numbers that will help us gauge the, the economy. Uh, and the health And um, one important thing is to see Whether China actually uh, Will hit the bottom at some point And then um, continue to rise back again And that it would be something to, to help the stock market of course But um, that will take a bit of time uh, right. The other thing is of course Janet Yellen is going to um, give some speech And um, the European situation Will probably um,
3: also be in um, in her sort of mind So watch out for that Thanks, Connie. That, uh, thanks to Connie Balland, who is the founder and chief economist of Hong Kong Economic Research and Analysis. Let's take a quick look at the weather forecast before we depart for today. It'll be mainly fine with isolated showers later. The temperature right now is 27 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 67%. I'm Renita Malhotra Hora, wrapping up for today's edition of Money for Nothing. Time for the news with Samantha Butler. The
6: European Central Bank has increased pressure on the financial system in Greece a day after the Greek people rejected the terms of an international bailout. The ECB ordered Greek banks to provide more security for existing emergency loans worth 89 billion euros. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker.
1: The ECB did not specify the direction when it said it decided to adjust the collateral requirements, but it's clear that it's insisting on more collateral to provide compensation if the Greek banks don't repay the emergency loans. The move is a signal, if one were needed, that the ECB is becoming increasingly concerned about the financial situation in Greece. It has not, however, decided to reduce the amount of emergency loans available, a move which it could take if it were convinced the Greek banks are no longer viable.
6: The leaders of France and Germany have called on Greece to urgently produce specific proposals to end the country's debt crisis. After talks in Paris, President François Hollande said a resolution was needed not just for Greece but for the whole of Europe. Chancellor Angela Merkel stressed that Greece needed to move fast. Time is of the essence and we hope that this week we will get these proposals. They have to be on the table this week because the situation at the moment needs to be
2: solved.
6: The Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras is due to address an emergency meeting of Eurozone finance ministers later today.